Anybody ready for a good, encouraging word? Come on, anybody can use some encouragement. Okay, listen, I need you to know something. Uh, first of all, Dad told me, and I don't think he knew, knew what he was saying when he said this. He goes, give third service a little extra juice. And I go, Pops, you're talking to the Kool-Aid man right now because I'm about to bring it. I hope you know. Okay, that was probably a little corny. I am a dad now, whatever. Um, but hear me today. Like, I'm ready, I'm ready to preach. I, I don't know if you guys are ready to receive a word, but I, I believe in high energy. Okay, let's go. I, I thought this was connect. Okay, good. Um, hear me, I am a self-proclaimed Pentecostal. Uh, I don't believe in simply just, you know, being loud for being loud's sake. I am loud and vibrant because God has set me free. He has changed my life. He has forgiven my sins. He has given me purpose. He has given me a new identity. He's given me a new mind. And I got something to shout about. And so naturally, if you want to say amen, you can say preach. You can say get it. You can say whatever you want. Just don't be silent. We're going to have some fun today. Amen. Uh, we're in a series right now called Positive ID. And uh, I don't know if there's a more appropriate, more important subject that we can be talking about today than talking about our identity. Because if you want to write something down, write this down, is this, is you can never reach your destiny until you know your identity. And if you want to see what God has called you to do, you need to know who God has called you to be. And we find out who we are by knowing whose we are. And so what I really want to teach you today is how to have a strong identity. Because let me tell you something. Uh, culture is trying to attack people. They're trying to attack our, our lives. They're trying to attack us, our students. Um, and I just want to let you know today, you're going to walk away knowing who you are. Anybody excited about that? And so I, I want to teach you a little bit of that today. Uh, before we get into it, I want to show you a couple pictures of my family really fast. I know my wife's up here on the front row. Oh, babe, can you just wave at them really fast? This is my beautiful wife, Natalia. <laughs> Throw up that picture there, guys. This is my beautiful wife, Natalia. Beautiful Brasileira. I'm so excited for what God is doing in our marriage. Holla at your boy. What, you know? Um, and so as a result of a few nights of passion, we have our beautiful son, Zion Joshua. That's little Zion Joshua Fry. Make no mistake about it. He is a cute little handsome boy, but sometimes he can be a little bit of a devil. <laughs> Just being serious. Uh, I am so thankful for that little boy. He is the, he is the best. He's a little savage, but uh, I love that kid so much. God has been so good to me. Has God been good to you guys? God's been so good to me, and I'm so thankful for where he's taking me. Um, listen, I want to preach uh, on identity today, and I want to give you the five divine fingerprints uh, that you have as a son or daughter of God. And before that, I want to read a couple of scriptures, and we're going to pray, and I want to show you a video. Let me show you this scripture really fast. In 1 Peter, 1 Peter chapter 2, it says this, but you, pause. Who is it? You. But you. Come on, I like it. Me. <laughs> but you are a chosen people. Come on. Help me preach this. But you are a chosen people. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you. Come on, has anybody ever been in darkness and brought into wonderful light in this room? Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. And then it goes on. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. One more verse for a founder. I feel like preaching this afternoon right now. One more verse. God's spirit touches our spirits and he confirms who we really are. Watch the progression. We know who he is, and we know who we are. Listen, I find a lot of times in church people will say, you know, I found God. Listen, you didn't find God. God found you. Yeah, so, so you didn't find him. He found you. And when he found you, you found you. Oh, my goodness gracious. 
Y'all can't handle this right now. Father and children, and we know who we are and what's going to come to us in unbelievable inheritance. I want to just declare, because it's biblical, your best days are ahead of your life. Come on, turn to your neighbor say, neighbor, this is going to be good. Turn to your other neighbor that's stuck up. You didn't want to talk to him at first. Just be like, come here. I'm so excited. I'm sitting next to you. Come on. I told you third service. We're going to get lively. We're going to get rowdy. I feel like preaching right now. All right, let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you so much for this opportunity I have with these incredible men and women of God. We just declare freedom into this room. We usher it in right now. We declare liberation in this room, Lord. We just believe that there's going to be people that get saved, set free, and delivered. People that are going to receive a secured identity, knowing who you are and knowing who they are. We are walking away not just with information, but transformation. Completely changed, completely different. We are going to get better. We're going to get more mature. We're going to get stronger. Help us to see Jesus today. Help us to encounter the power of God. And we need a word from heaven, not a word from Devin. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, I didn't, I didn't mean to drop a bar, but I did. It was an accident. Um, real quick, I want to introduce you and I want to show this video to you, but I do want to give you a warning that there is viewer discretion advised. It's something that probably will offend you and it's something that probably will get your, you know, eye gate uh, tweaked. I, I just think there's a lot of things going on in our culture that uh, you need to be brought uh, and made aware of. And so I want you guys to cue that video. Go ahead, guys. Warning for parents about a picture that's going viral. The disturbing image is now floating around on sites like YouTube, scaring children and even encouraging them to do bad things. Here with this warning, consumer investigator Hank Winchester. And Hank, I know we've seen things like this before. Yeah, we've seen similar challenges online. I just saw this one on Facebook yesterday and I thought, what the heck is this? It is very bizarre. It is called the Momo Challenge. You may remember Slender Man. Do you remember that from a few years ago? A fictional character back in 2009 that encouraged kids to do bad things. He was even connected to the stabbing of a 12 year old girl in Wisconsin. Well, now the one making the rounds, it's been all over the internet. Uh, this character encouraging kids to do horrible things, including self harm and hurting other people, all to avoid being cursed. So let's talk about the origins of where this image came from. It all traces back to a Japanese sculpture artist. Uh, soon people started using the image of the girl to communicate with one another online. There you go right there. That's the image that's been popping up on phones and on Facebook. The hacker tells the people to do bad things and then to send a photo to other people online to prove that you've actually carried out that challenge. Now, the Momo girl has been appearing on YouTube. She's also been appearing in different Facebook ads. Your child could be watching a harmless cartoon or a video, and then all of a sudden she pops up in the middle of that video. This has not been linked to any deaths or any big investigations here in the United States, but police are taking notice of this right now. They want you to monitor exactly what your kids are doing online, what videos they're watching, and most importantly, have a conversation with your kids about these fictional characters. Tell them never talk to people online that you don't know. And if somebody's encouraging you to do something online, especially, make sure you tell an adult about this. This really has authorities concerned because we all remember what happened with Slender Man mm -hmm. yeah. just a few years ago. So this character making the rounds now and the concern is, you know, once this is gone, what's going to happen next? So always a good idea to talk to your kids about it. Yeah, it is very bizarre. And everywhere I went today, this is what moms were talking about right. all day. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Hank. Sure. Let me summarize this for you. Um, so basically, there are videos online, whether it be on YouTube, Facebook, uh, different apps, WhatsApp, stuff like this. And... Uh, Kids will be watching these videos, and 10, 15 minutes into the video, a parent will walk out of the room, 
And, you know, they'll allow their kid to just watch this video. And literally, there are creators and content designers online. They'll create a video. Like, uh, my son watches Little Baby Bum. Zion watches Little Baby Bum. And so, basically, there's this, you know, YouTube video. It says Little Baby Bum in the comments. So, it looks like a video that they would produce. And 10 minutes into it, Momo would come up onto the screen and tell a little child, a young child, say, hey, go grab a knife and put it into a socket. It would say things like, go into the kitchen and turn on the gas. And then they would say, if you don't do these things, uh, then Momo is going to curse you and going to come at night and kill you. This is what's happening in our society. It's what's happening in our culture. This is relevant today. And I want to let you know, it's never going to happen to my son. And I want you, it fired me up when I saw this video. Man, I feel like a little pit bull right now. That's fired me up so much. Because I'm telling you, the devil will not have my son, he will not have my church, he will not have my city, he will not have our youth, he will not have my family, he will not have my mental health, he will not have our health. The devil will not have us. Come on, somebody. I am so sick of seeing this in society. I am so sick. And when when he did this and I saw this, I took personal offense and I want to tell you, he messed with the wrong dude. He messed with the wrong church. He messed with the wrong family. And it is time we stand up for what is right. It is time to stand up for what is true. And we need to know who we are. We need to make sure if the devil is attacking young kids' identity when they are young, you better know who you are. And that's why this series is so valuable. That's why this series is so important because you need to know who you are because we need to translate it into our students. And you cannot give something that you do not possess. Write this down in your notes. Listen, opposition is confirmation. One of my favorite things to tell some people that are going through some stuff. Opposition is confirmation. Why is the devil attacking you? Why is the devil attacking our youth? Why is the devil attacking me? Why is the devil attacking your family, your daughter, your son, your friends? It's because he knows how much of a call of God is on their life. Opposition is confirmation. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of the story in Exodus chapter 2. The Israelite people are getting massive. They're getting bigger and bigger. And the Egyptian people were starting to get intimidated because they realized the numbers that the Israelites have far surpassed the Egyptians. And so the Pharaoh said, you need to kill all the boy children that are being produced. Kill them all. And so literally there was an attack on the men and the young, the young men of God that were being raised up and developed up. Why? Because the king recognized that the boys were a threat. And the only reason the devil attacks us is because he recognizes how powerful and how dangerous you are. Opposition is confirmation. And, you know, I didn't say this in any of the services. It's just coming to me right now. But, uh, you know, a lot of times people will say, you know, new levels, new devils. And it's cool preaching. I like it. I believe in it. T.D. Jakes, I believe, made it, made it popular. But I think that, that thought is unfinished because I believe, you know, you get to a new, new level. Watch this. Write this down in your notes. New levels, more angels. Am I preaching anybody in the room today? You might get to a new level, but hear me. God has an assignment on your life, and he will protect you. New levels, more angels. Come on, somebody. I wish we just got fired up in our church to say, I am going to raid. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Come on. And so the devil will not have my son. And it, it got me so jacked up. It got me so fired up. And it's in time to know who you are. And I want to teach you today who you are. 
I want to teach you who you are. And you have five, I believe, unique fingerprints if you're a son or a daughter of God. And I want to teach you those. But before I get to that, I need to expose some of the lies that you've believed about who you are. Because basically, you know, if you have something in your heart, you have something occupying your mind, uh, you can't replace, you have to replace that thing. You can't go on top of that thing. So you need to remove something in order to replace it. And so here's what, I, here's what I felt like the Lord was telling me, is in order to have renovation, you need demolition. So you need to demolish what was bad to bring up something good. And so I wrote down three lies that I have personally believed in my life that might be relevant for you today. I wrote down nearly about six or seven, but hear me today. Uh, just for the sake of time, I'm going to give you three. First lie I wrote down was this. I want to make sure you guys get this. Is this, I feel forgotten. You ever felt that in your life? God, have, God, have you forgotten me? Like, I see you working and moving and blessing all these people. But God, but what about me? Am, am, I, am I being real in church or no? Yeah. You want me to be phony? Yeah. No, okay. So like, God, you've been blessing all these people. You know I'm in a predicament. You know I'm in a struggle. You know I'm going through some stuff. God, you're blessing them. Have you forgotten about me? And I believe that. And I'm telling you, that is a lie straight from the pit of hell. Yeah. I want you to know today, be encouraged. God has not forgotten about you. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 10, it literally says, God is not unjust. He has not forgotten about you. Watch this. God is not unjust. He will not forget about your work and the love you have shown him as you have helped him and his people and continue to help him. He will not forget your work. He has not forgotten about you. Listen to me today. Just because he's blessing them doesn't mean he's cursing you. God is the Lord of the harvest. And I've learned this principle in my life is this is oftentimes the longer the wait, the greater the gift. Yeah. So you might feel like you've been forgotten. Let me tell you something. God has something so good for you. And I'm not a prosperity preacher, but I do believe that God wants to prosper you because it's biblical. God does want to prosper you. And it reminds me of the story. Um, remember when the prophet Samuel goes up to Jesse and says, uh, one of your sons is a king. I need you to present all your sons. And Jesse presents all of his sons. By the way, there is a king in your household. And you might not even know it yet. You know, somebody told me, they came up to me and said, Devin, you need to raise Zion like he's the answer to a nation. You better believe I'm raising that boy to be a young man of God. He's going to be a king. And I think it's time we start drawing the royalty out of people. Come on, you got a king on your household. you got a queen in your household. And you might not even know it yet. But if you believe it, I'm telling you, you can draw it right out of them. And those people are going to do some crazy works for God in Jesus' name. Man, I'm preaching real good right now. I'm just saying. And so he lines up all, the, all of his sons. He sees all of his sons, and he completely neglects and rejects David. How many know David will not only feel rejected or neglected, he'll feel forgotten? And let me tell you something. Here's a principle that I felt like God was telling me as I was thinking about this story. Is this, even if your earthly father has forgotten you, God has not forgotten you. And what happened to David? David ended up being the king, the anointed king. He wasn't even represented when the uh, opportunity arose, and yet God still says, no, one of your sons is going to be here. Even if man doesn't present you, I will promote you. Oh, my goodness gracious. God has not forgotten about you. I just want to let you know, God has not forgotten about you. He will not forget about you. It's a lie straight from the enemy. And second thing, second lie that I believed in my life was this, is that I'm being punished. Is that God's forgotten about me, but another lie I believe is God's punishing me right now. I'm being punished. And let me tell you something. That is just terrible theology. That's not biblical at all in the slightest, any way, shape, or form. For, by the way, you should go to Romans chapter 3. If you want homework, Romans chapter 3, verses 21 through 26. Read that on your own time. You should never just listen to a preacher. You should always fact check a preacher. Because you can't play with eternity. No. 
Like, eternity is not something that you just listen to and then accept it as truth. Fact check somebody that's preaching you the word of God. Amen, everybody? And so Romans chapter 3, verses 21 through 26, it talks about how Jesus, who knew no sin, a man who knew no sin, became sin for us. He became a curse for us, indicating that God doesn't punish you because God punished Jesus. Are you hearing me today? So I am not being punished from God because God punished Jesus because Jesus took my shame, he took my sin, and he took my guilt. And so I don't have to be cursed because Jesus became the curse for me. Come on, this is just good theology. I am not being punished for Jesus was punished. And so I might feel forgotten. But that's a lie because God has not forgotten about you. I might feel punished, but that's a lie because God does not punish me. Now, I'm going to get into it in a few moments, but, but God does not punish us. He does discipline us, though. And there's a major difference, and I'm going to get into that in a little bit. But the third thing I just wrote down was this. is this God, here's a lie I believe. I'm stuck. Anybody ever felt stuck in their life? I'm stuck. And, and I wrote this down. Stuck, basically, being stuck means I feel like it's always going to be this way. Listen, just because it's been that way for a long time doesn't mean it's going to be that way for a lifetime. Did you hear what I just said? Yeah, just because it's been that way for seven, eight, nine years doesn't mean it's going to be that way for a lifetime. I need some, I want to speak some hope into your spirit today. Just because it's been a certain way for a long time does not mean it's going to be that way for a lifetime. Here, here, watch this. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, it says this. For everything there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven, time to be born, a time to die, time to plant, time to harvest, time to kill, time to heal, a time to tear down. And a time to build up. It goes on through a litany of other different opportunities. But my wife taught this to our students. I thought it was so powerful. She says this. She goes, your season doesn't have to become your story. And just because you're in a season where you're financially uh, uh, struggling right now, does not mean your story is one of poverty. Come on, somebody. Just because you're in a season of singleness doesn't mean your story is going to be single for the rest of your life. Just because you're physically sick right now doesn't mean you're going to be physically sick later. Your season is not your story. Your season's not your story. Not only that, though, she also said something that I thought was so powerful. She says, you need to know the difference. Understand the difference between a season and a cycle. See, because a season has a start and an end point, but a cycle changes when you do. Did you hear what I just said? Come on, somebody. See, a season has a start and end point. There is a season of singleness. There is a season of engagement. There is a season of being married. But hear me, if God wants to get you married, but you're in a season of singleness and you can't stop dating everybody, how do you think he's going to bless you? <laughs> you? Can you tell I deal with young people? I talk about dating and relationships all the time. But listen, God cannot, write this down in your notes, God cannot bless a bad steward. See, because if you're faithful with little, you'd be faithful with much. And so you might be in a season where God is saying, I want you to grow, I want you to mature. But some of us in this room might be in a cycle because we haven't grown and we haven't matured. And what should have taken months ended into years or a lifetime because we've been in a cycle of bad stewardship. There are seasons and then there are cycles, but it's a lie from the enemy to think that you're stuck and it's always going to be this way. It's not always going to be this way. The bad times are not going to always be here. The good times are not always going to be here. You are not stuck. I'm telling you, God is miraculous at bringing people out of the place where they're stuck in and putting them into a place they never thought they could be. Does anybody receive that today? Those are lies. And so you need to first replace some of the lies so that you can put in truth. And I just gave you three that I did. I probably wrote it about six or seven down. And you might have some that you need to go home and do a little exercise with your family. What are some of the lies that I've believed that I need to replace, find scripture, expose it, replace it, combat it, and then now have truth? 
Because if you want to see freedom in your life, you need to have truth in your life. Okay? Now I want to give you some truth. I want to give you some encouragement because I promise you it's going to change your life. It's going to help you so much. And you get so built up and so encouraged. Um, there's something called a global access card where basically it is an ID that you can go. If you're a frequent flyer, you travel often, you can literally show the global access card to any place. And it will have not one fingerprint. It has actually five fingerprints on it indicating that who you say you are is actually who you are. And that global access card will grant you access to places that really you couldn't go by yourself. And so I think this is a powerful principle. And the salience of this story is basically saying that there are five fingerprints for every son or daughter of God that it can make sure it identifies who you say you are is who you are. And it will get you to places you never thought you could go. And so I want to give you five. Number one, write this one down. And we'll go work. And we're going to work fast. Number one is this. Is write this down. I am accepted. I am accepted. Come on, can somebody just shout that? I am accepted. I am accepted. I love the, the scripture that we read in 1 Peter. It says, for you are a chosen generation. Come on, you are a chosen generation. You ever been in a situation playing like sports or something like that? And then you have people to pick. Sometimes I'll be captain of something and I'll, obviously your first pick was the most valuable pick. And your last pick is like, I don't really want this guy. You know what I'm saying? Uh, no? Are we just, no, you ever been there? Okay. Can I tell you something? You were God's first pick. Did you hear what I said? You were God's first pick. And it's not because you are that good, but it's because he is that good. It is not because there's something crazy or special about you. You got uniqueness, but baby, it is because God is so special and because God can use anybody. Let me tell you a story. I remember my dad telling us about the time where he got Hunter. Our Hunter was our dog for 10, 11 years. Uh, he went home to be with the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, he's in heaven. A lot of your people's cats are definitely in hell, though, for sure. No doubt about it. Um, I'm just kidding. Dogs go to heaven for sure, though. I'm pretty sure it's in... Proverbs. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> that's a lie. Don't, don't fact check that one. Um, so I just remember my dad telling us a story. He went to the puppy patch in Hopkinton, and he walks in about 10 years ago, and he walks to this kennel, and he sees like 10 dogs all in this one little kennel, all of them, of course, running up to go meet him, kissing him, barking at him. And then he sees this little dog in the back over, all the way in the back little corner, and he sees this black little Havanese dog, probably like two pounds, pound and a half, small, shy, insecure. And uh, my dad goes, I want that one. And the guy, the staff member, literally goes up to my dad, and he goes, uh, Derek, you don't want that one. He's actually super insecure, really timid, really fearful. He's actually like the run to the litter. Like, you don't want that one. And he goes, don't worry about it. Uh, he's going to be a fry, and we're going to love that insecurity right out of him. I loved it. And what do you know, six months later, we bring him into our household. He starts to grow. And this little two-pound dog becomes like a pit bull. Like, he ran the entire neighborhood just because he found out his identity. I loved it. But uh, the reality is, his dad chose him is even though he was insecure, even though he was timid, even though he was frustrated, even though he was super shy, dad still chose him. And I want to let you know that's the same thing with you. You might be insecure. You might be timid. You might feel inferior. You might have some fear. You might have some issues. You might come from some family stuff. But let me tell you something. God still chose you. Amen. And he still loves you. And you were his first pick. He says, you are the one that I have chosen. You are a chosen generation. Come on, did I encourage anybody today? You are his first pick. Write down number two. Number two is this, is I am valuable. I am valuable. I love what it says that you are a holy nation. 
What does holy mean? Holy basically means to be separated, consecrated. It means to be set apart, something so valuable, a special possession. I want to let you know how valuable you are. You don't need to go to the world to ask what your value is, for God already says you are so valuable. You are so valuable. Would you turn to your neighbor and just say, neighbor, you are so valuable. Just so pretty, so handsome. If, this is, if you're single, this is your shot. Shoot your shot. Do your thing. You are so valuable. You don't need anybody to tell you how valuable you are because God already says how valuable you are. And so you can handle rejection from man because you are already approved and valued by God. I remember um, happens tons still. And it's okay because some people in this church have done it. But, uh, you know, I'll be walking around in church. I'll see you out in uh, public or in the community. And people will be like, oh, yeah, yeah, let me introduce you to this guy. Uh, this is Pastor Derek's son. This is Derek's son. This is Stacy's son. My whole life it's been that way. And let me tell you something. Let me just make a stand right now. I am Devin Joshua Fry. I know who I am. I am their son, but make no mistake about it. I know my identity. I know who I'm called to be. I am not called simply to be Derek Fry. I'm called to be Devin Joshua Fry. Can I get an amen? And I want you to know today, you better have that same revelation because you are not somebody else's son other than God's son. You are a citizen of heaven before you are a citizen of America. You are a citizen of God. You are a son or daughter of God before you are a son or daughter of fill in the blank. I am Devin Fry. I know who I am. I know who I report to. I am thankful for my parents. Make no mistake about it. But I know who I am. And I know my value. And I want to make sure my church knows their value. You are so valuable. Come on. Anybody receive that today? You are so valuable. Number three. Number three. Write this one down. Probably my favorite one. Actually, I don't know. I don't, oh, they're all my favorite, but here's my favorite one is this. I am loved. Come on, you are so loved. Like, 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 look at me, look at me. Everybody look at me. God is obsessed with you. Obsessive. Like, Scripture says God doesn't love you. He so loves you. Like, so, so much. He so loves you. Like, you, you are, you're not loved. You're like love loved. Like, love loved. You know what I'm talking about? Like, he doesn't like you like you. He, like, loves you, loves you. Man, this is real elementary talk, but this is real good preaching right now. He, like, loves you, loves you. Like, doesn't like you like you, but loves you, loves you. He loves you. Like, I am loved. And so, hear me, like, we are so loved. Here's something you need to know about God. I believe it's Romans chapter 8, verses 38 through 39. It says, for I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels nor demons, neither height nor depth, nor any powers in all of creation can separate us from the love of God. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. You are so loved by God. I need you to know that today. God is not mad at you. He is madly in love with you. God loves you. And he is not punishing you. He is in love with you. He is in, so in love with you. Two things about God's love, though, is God's love is unconditional and God's love is unending. Write that down in your notes. His love is unconditional. Like, like, even if you're terrible to him, he'd still be good to you. Come on, this is the God that we serve. Anybody thankful today? Come on, this is the God that we are. He is so unconditional. His love is so unending. It just does not stop. It keeps on flowing. It keeps on flowing. It keeps on flowing. It does not stop. Even when I'm bad to him, he is still good to me. God's love is unconditional. It is unending. God loves you. I am so loved. I am so loved. Come on, does that encourage anybody in the room today? 
I am so loved. And here's the last one, and the final one is this. Probably my favorite point. I know I've said that every time, but this is my, <laughs> for sure, this one's my favorite, is this. I am capable. I am capable. Oh, I'm sorry. I have, I have two more. My bad. <laughs> I'll just, I'll go to forgiven first. This is third service. Give me grace, people, okay? I am forgiven. I am forgiven. Thank you so much. (laughs) Whatever. I can't skip forgiveness. (laughs) What am I thinking? I need forgiveness right now. I am forgiven. Come on, I I love, thank God that I am forgiven, that my past has been pardoned. God does not see my mistakes. He sees who I am. He sees my potential. He does not see my mistakes. He does not see my flaws. He does not see my issues. He sees my potential. He sees who I could be. God has forgiven me. And I love this. It says, you were once a people that did not have mercy, but now you have mercy. I got mercy. Listen, you need to know the difference between grace and mercy, though. See, because grace is getting what we, do, what we don't deserve. That's grace. Is, is I don't deserve to be on a platform here, a young man, that this is just the favor of God. This is the grace of God on my life. If you know who I once was, you would be shocked and say, this is a modern-day miracle, knowing that this young man is, a, I'm dead serious, too. This is the, <laughs> thank you, you said that a little too passionately, but whatever. <laughs> as grace is getting what you don't deserve, but hear me, mercy is getting what you do deserve, is not getting what you do deserve. That's mercy. Is mercy is, I should have been the one hung on that cross. I should have been the one that had to pay for my sin. I should have been the one that did get punished. Honestly, I should have received punishment, but it was for the mercy of God that he says, no, I have taken your punishment. I have taken what you should have had, and now I'll give you what I had. And so Jesus took my sin, now I take his life A life that is free, a life that is full of peace, a life that is full of joy, a life that is full of patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control. I have been given the life that Jesus was supposed to live. That is the mercy of God. I am so thankful that I received grace. I am so thankful that I received mercy. But hear me, here's another distinction I need you to know. You need to know the difference between forgiveness, I'm sorry, punishment and discipline. See, because God does not punish his sons, but he does discipline them. Let me read you the definition in dictionary.com. It says this, that uh, punishment is this. Punishment means uh, inflict a penalty for some offense or a fault. That's what punishment is, to inflict a penalty for some offense or a fault. This is what discipline is. Discipline is an activity or a regimen that develops or improves a skill. Watch. Punishment is to inflict pain, but discipline is to develop growth. And punishment comes from a tyrant, but discipline comes from a father. Oh, my gosh. See, discipline is what you receive when you have a loving father. I am so grateful that God is disciplining me in some areas because it means that I am actually his son. Scripture says that he... If you, are, if you re- do not receive discipline, you are an illegitimate child, is what he says. And so thank God for the discipline of God. Anybody else agree? I am grateful that I am being disciplined, but I am so, also so grateful that I will never be punished ever in my life. Because God is a loving father, and he is not a tyrant. And the fifth and final thing that I gave you beforehand is this, is I am capable. My favorite point, for sure. I am capable. I love this because God says you are 
royal, a royal priesthood. You're a royal priesthood. Chosen, one translation says, chosen to tell about the wondrous acts of God. Come on, that's you and me. Is that God has done all these things. He has accepted us. He has loved us. He has valued us. He has forgiven us because we are capable to tell of his wondrous acts. And so we are called to be priests. What is a priest? A priest is basically saying it is a representative from man to God, but it's also a representative from God to man. And we don't have to go to a confessional booth anymore because we are the priests of our household is what scripture says. And so we have direct access to the Father because you are a priest. Isn't that crazy? You're a priest. We don't have to go to one because you are one. Hello, somebody. Let that blow your mind for a second. Like God has called us to be his royal priesthood. Now hear me, to tell of his wondrous acts. Let me tell you about an incredible thing that happened in my life. Throw up the picture there, guys. This is a beautiful young lady that I met when I was in Florida. Uh, her name is Hannah. Go ahead, guys, throw it up. Um, I was preaching down in Orlando, and uh, I was at this church. Uh, by the way, God has just graced me so much. It's been amazing that uh, I've been allowed to preach and travel all over the East Coast. Like, he has taken a young kid that should not be here to go all over the world, barely graduated school, and now I've become a teacher at many different schools. How crazy is that? That's just the grace of God. I don't say that to be braggadocious in any way. I brag on God because God is just that good. And so I go down to Florida, and I meet this young lady. Her name is Hannah. You guys throw it up there yet? Uh, throw it up there, folks. Um, and I meet this young girl named Hannah, and she's a beautiful young lady. I'm preaching. I preach this message called Young and on Fire, one of my life message. And uh, we had probably 200, 300 kids at the altar. And I go over to the side of the stage. As soon as I'm done, the band's on the stage. And it was just an amazing moment where God just kind of revealed, basically emphasized this young lady that was sitting in the altar. And uh, I went up right to her. I said, what's your name, young lady? She goes, my name is Hannah. I go, Hannah, tell me your story. And Hannah just says, um, you know, I've, I've battled cancer my entire life. Uh, I'm 14 years old. I've battled cancer three times. And um, I'm just scared. She's, she was terrified. And I just said, Hannah, I felt like the Spirit of God told me, I'm going to bring you up on stage, and we're going to pray for you today, and you're going to see a miracle happen. And let me tell you something. As a communicator, as a preacher, as a pastor, um, there's a big risk to that. But hear me, I believe in the power of God. And I don't believe that these spiritual gifts, I don't believe that supernatural things, I don't believe that miracles died when the apostles did. I have seen God heal, I have seen God deliver, I have seen him do miracles, and he can still do it today. And so, there was a risk, there was a risk involved. And so I said, listen, I'm going to... I'm going to go out on a risk because I believe in the power of God. I'm not one guy that just preaches about it without offer, offering it and giving opportunities for it. I believe in the power of God. And I said, I'm going to bring you up on stage. And so I brought her up on stage and I said, Hannah, can you just tell them a little bit of your story? And so that's what this picture is. And meanwhile, we just pray and I'm telling you the power of God came in the room so fast. Now let me tell you something and let me show you something that her mom posted just a few days ago, uh, a couple weeks ago, I should say. And she uh, sent it to me on Facebook is this. A big Hannah update. It comes with great excitement to announce that Hannah's bone marrow screening was completely negative. And as of today, hold up, hold up, hold up. As of today, I can confidently say that there is no evidence of a disease, NED, throughout her entire body. Seven and a half months ago, we completed Hannah's therapy despite her aches and pains. There is still no evidence of cancer. Hannah is cancer-free. Come on, somebody. And her body is still trying to recover. 
but our future is so promising. Thank you to, to those who continue to lift us up in prayer. Next step, getting her life back to normal is what Hannah says. And I just wrote, Hannah, you are so strong, so inspirational, so beautiful. You'll always have a special place in my heart. Cancer didn't stand a chance. There's still power in prayer. God still does miracles. Hannah is free. Come on, somebody. I want to tell you today, I want to tell you today, God can still kill, God can still heal cancer. He can still heal bones. He can take care of mental diseases. Come on, somebody. Like God still does miracles today, y'all. And it is my responsibility and what God has called me to be capable of is telling of his wondrous acts. That is who I am. Can I get an amen? That is who you are. That is your identity. Bow your heads and close your eyes. Anybody receive something today? You are so loved by God. You are accepted. You are valued. You are so capable. And you've been forgiven. But hear me, the greatest miracle God has ever done was not kill and, and kill and cure cancer. It was forgiving people's sin. It was the forgiveness and the changing of a human heart. And I want to give you an opportunity today, if that's you, and you need to re receive and accept the love of God. And you need to say, I'm putting Jesus as my Lord and Savior of my life. If that's you, and I believe God is tugging on your heart, it's time to stop running and it's time to come home. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand boldly and say, that's me on three. One, two, three. Thank you so much. I see your hand right there. Thank you so much. Is there anybody else? Thank you so much right there in the back. I see your hand. I see your hand. Thank you so much. Is there anybody else? Anybody else? You can put your hands down. Everybody repeat this prayer after me. Say, Jesus. Say, Jesus. I repent of my sin. I am a sinner. And I'm in need of a Savior. And I thank you, Father, for dying for me. Today, I acknowledge and recognize that you died for my sin. And today, I make you the Lord and Savior of my life. And you died for me. And God, today, I choose to live for you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. Father, I pray a special prayer of blessing over them, Lord. Uh, I declare health, I declare mental health, I declare physical health over our children in Jesus' name. They will know who they are. They will not have a flawed identity or be insecure, God. Uh, Momo will not have an attack on our children in Jesus' name. I declare special blessing and protection and angelic protection over them in Jesus' name. We will know who we are, God, for we are so loved by God. We are accepted by him. We are capable. We are called. We are valuable, Lord. And I just declare that this would not just be a message that we get in our heads, but it would sink into our hearts, tattoo it directly on our heart, that I know my ID. I have a positive ID. I know who I am because I know whose I am. And Father, I just ask for breakthrough. I believe that similar to what happened with Hannah can happen with anybody in this room, Lord. I can't promise a miracle, but I can be faithful with an opportunity that you have given me. And so, Lord, I just declare physical bodies be healed in Jesus' name. I declare mental instability be healed in Jesus' name. I declare people that have run away from home and been prodigal sons or daughters come home in Jesus' name. Surrender to the call of God in Jesus' name. Father, I just believe that there are going to be miracles that come out from this meeting today and that we are not just, being, uh, not just receiving information but complete and total transformation. Perform open heart surgery and do a mighty work, God, in Jesus' name. And come on, everybody in here said? Come on, everybody said? Amen. Thank you, guys.